This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period, which is approaching soon, prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers the rest of the year. And before we get started, I want to have an opportunity for us all to introduce ourselves. So Gabrielle, can we start with you, please? Yeah, sure. My name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Uh, Waro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains, and we focus on creating a positive girl community, as well as uh, leading that in a bilingual program setting. Awesome. Ruby. I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the program director at Green River Preserve. We are a summer camp that focuses on connecting children with nature, and we're located on a 3,400-acre private wildlife preserve in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And it also rained today, so my internet connection has been a little spotty. So my video will be off today, so hopefully you can at least hear me. So we just get to see this lovely picture of her face instead. Um, (laughs) And I'm Beth Allison, co-owner of Camp Hacker and one of the founders of Go Camp Pro. I was an executive director of five children's summer camps in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada for 15 years, and I'm now a consultant with my husband, Travis, and I specialize and am so passionate about leadership training. So what's our topic today? It is don't do that. Nine training goofs we made that we don't want you to repeat. Ruby, can you tell us why we picked this topic today? For sure. So Michael Branwine, the the brilliant man that he is, talks about making mistakes publicly uh, and owning up to them to teach our staff and our campers that it's okay to make mistakes. Uh, So today we are going to publicly own up to some mistakes that we've made (laughs) as directors uh, so that you can learn from them and hopefully not repeat them uh, or at least, you know, train your staff and, and make some actions that are a little bit better choices. Great. <laughs> and why don't we start with a mistake from Quebec? Something that you did. Awesome. Um, just just before our podcast, we were talking about um, the numerous mistakes all of us have made, and uh, Beth had said something along the lines that she wished she could she could forget some of them. And I agree. <laughs> it was very easy to come up with a list. Um, But uh, that sting is sort of nature's way of letting us remember not to do that again. (laughs) So um, one of my one of my mistakes um, that I made was uh, keeping a staff member on staff for too long. And that's not for the summer, but I I kept her, I believe, on staff for probably about four years. And uh, we had issues with her from the beginning, just she wasn't a team player, but she meant so well. She really, really cared, and camp was a special place for her. And I could see as an individual, she was really growing as a person. Um, a lot of the kids really liked her, but she was uh, just a little bit too aggressive uh, to make staff members feel uh, that they could that they could make mistakes on camp. She was extremely judgmental, and um, and I lost a, a handful of good staff because 
because I had kept her on for too long. And I, this was, this was a mistake I made a while ago, but it's, it's the one that I try to remember as much as possible when I'm having a hard time letting somebody go. Um, I try to think of the staff members that are around that person and are they, I have to be their, their champion, if you will, um, and create that safe space for, for staff members. And this staff member, by the way, I'm, I'm very good terms with, and she was, she was going through a rough time in her life. Nothing as an individual. She's lovely and she has another job and it, and it suits her so much better and she is happier for it. So I also try to remember that part that they usually, if they're having a hard time at camp, they're not in a good place and camp might not be the best place for them. But that's something I definitely, I definitely regret. And I definitely feel that sting uh, still <laughs> to uh, today. <laughs> Thanks, Gab. And I think that's something probably we have all done is keep yeah. somebody on a little longer than we should have, which mm-hmm. didn't benefit yeah. them uh, or us or camp in any way. But I think we've all been there. Ruby, what's one of your mistakes? So mine's really specific. And uh, I borrowed an idea from this podcast that I love, but I used it in place of something that we like, I'm pretty sure everybody in the world does. And that's the camp tour. So last year during staff training, um, I borrowed Beth's idea, which is to kind of have the staff build a scaled model of a city or we did of camp. And so I assigned small groups to go to the different parts of camp, study them and then come back and create them somehow. And it was a really cool creative project. And I loved the product that we created. I think the staff really liked the, the product that we created. But I got a lot of feedback that was, man, I really wish we'd done a camp tour. <laughs> I was like, but, but you got one. Like, look, you were looking at the map and there it was. And, uh, but I, you know, now looking back, I think about had I been a staff member new to camp and never been around, the first thing you want to do is just kind of figure out your place. And, and mm-hmm. of all camps, like we talk so much about place-based education and, and knowing where you are and connecting to the land that it was just a dumb mistake that I made that we should have had some sort of time to explore and, and, you know, you can be creative with that camp tour, but to a certain degree, people just really want the like, this is the dining hall. <laughs> this is where archery is. This is where you go to play soccer, you know, whatever it might be. So don't underestimate that and um, don't cut it. I, I learned that one last summer the hard way. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Ruby. Um, there are so many things that I did wrong my first summer as a camp director. I think we could <laughs> fill volumes of books. I was going back to the camp that I grew up at that I loved with all my heart and I was walking into a really difficult situation. Camp was not at all where I left it. Uh, As a leadership team member 10 years before, numbers were really low Uh, and please understand it had nothing to do with me leaving, (laughs) but um, there had been no full-time leadership for several years. Camp's reputation was in a really bad place and so I went back feeling like I had this enormous amount of work to do and the problem was that I felt I had a lot of work to do, apparently just me. Uh, And there were so many things that needed to be changed. And I think I tried to change them all at once that summer, rather than choosing my biggest battles and just going with those. And I didn't make too many friends with the staff trying to change uh, so much at once. And even though I could see how they were wrong and it was not how camp should be, I was really seen as attacking the culture the current staff knew, loved, and had grown up with. And even though Travis and I definitely had something better to show them by trying to change it all at once, they only saw it as me saying that what they had was bad. And I needed instead to sit back and uh, watch and to get to know them better and see how and why they did things the way they did. 
And then I needed to show them other ways of doing things and work at getting them on board. And so that's what I really learned from myself during my review of that summer. And then things went a whole lot more smoothly, surprisingly, the second summer. Um, so, and I also made the huge error of trying to fix everything on my own. Because I didn't know the staff, I was actually the last person hired uh, the summer of 95. I didn't really trust them because I didn't know them. And I felt like I had to know everything that was going on all of, all of the time. So I tried to control everything and instead... Uh, I wound up putting my back out that summer. I didn't get enough sleep. I had two small children I hardly ever saw and nobody got my best from me. So I just finally had to give in and get help. And I learned the hard way that asking for help and giving staff opportunities to lead did so many positive things. Um, led by example, how important it is to ask for help when you need it. It gave staff opportunities to try out their leadership skills. It showed them that I trusted them with a program or other responsibilities. It said, um, you may make mis mistakes, but that's how we learn. And it allowed me also um, something I didn't foresee, which was I could be the one who held the big picture and who wasn't really bogged down with all of that minutia and, and those kinds of details. And as it turned out, I discovered that having the big picture was actually one of my biggest strengths. Um, so I just sort of discovered my first year out that you can't do it all. You shouldn't try to. And um, you shouldn't try to change everything all at once. Gab, you got another one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do I ever? <laughs> um, uh, so, so I... I work with my family and I often speak about my mother because she's the, she's the executive director, but there's actually three other, there are three other family members. Uh, my father, who's our um, head uh, carpenter, I'd like to call him because he is a true carpenter. And then my two brothers, um, Chad is a, is the middle child. Everybody thinks he's the oldest because he, he seems wise, but when you get to know him, you're like, Obviously, Gab's the wisest, so she's the <laughs> oldest. We're very close in age. He's really charismatic, and he's he's great in front of a crowd. Um, he's he's fantastic at leadership. Um, and then there's Morgan, and Morgan is extremely introverted. Um, um, but once you get to know him, very very funny, and also a genius when it comes to building things um, and problem solving. So because of our family dynamic, and because I'm the oldest, um, I always took serve a leadership role with my, with my siblings. And a couple of years ago, um, I was stressed and I was trying to do a lot of work. And my youngest brother offered a couple of times to just to, to listen and say like, you know, do you want to talk about, you know, how work is going or do you want to talk about, you know, how, how work is going with, you know, mom and dad. And I was like, no, it's fine. I've, I've got it under control. And, and basically he sort of at one point, frustratingly stopped me and said, listen, I'm here to listen. You're obviously struggling. Um, you know, maybe I don't know how to do your job, but I can help you gain perspective. And it really sort of threw me for a loop because he, he's never been interested in the leadership side of camp. He's great at the building and all that kind of stuff, but he'd been part of this organization since, you know, just as long as all of us. And, and, and so I, I really learned that I, I need to use the people around me and trust them and that we all evolve as we get older. We don't stay in the same place. And of course I know that. Um, but to actually um, experience it was a whole other level. So I think I was ignoring him for a couple of years where I could have actually really used him. And it was a nice turning point in our relationship. But uh, but that was definitely something I, I, I always anticipated him as not being interested 
in the work that we do. And the truth is that uh, that was the that wasn't true. It was my own perception. So it was a good lesson. I really and I'm happy with that. I'm like I'm so grateful that I got to learn that. Great, thanks, Ruby. Oh. Uh, okay. I think my next one falls into the category of this is something we all know, um, and have probably all done. Um, I keep going into training, think during that while training's going on, I'm going to be able to get some stuff done. And, and it's just untrue. Like you, you cannot expect. Wait, what do you mean? (laughs) Every year I go into training thinking I can get stuff done. (laughs) Nope. Nope. It's, it's a lie. Um, so, and, and I think some of it is, I've definitely fallen in the trap of like, okay, I don't quite have this session ready to go yet for training. And like, I just, I ran out of time. Uh, it's okay. It's at the end of the week. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll carve out some time and I'll work on it. And, and then it comes to the point where it's the night before and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> or it's 20 minutes before and you're trying to throw it together. Um, I think I also always get caught off guard by how much like prep there is to do just as far as answering emails um, and, and realizing like I have kids arriving right after staff trainings over. And again, I know that's a total duh statement. Um, but it's, it's for us, it's a one week session. It's mostly first time campers. Like these parents are going to have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of emails to answer and, and just things to maintain, uh, other than adding these extra responsibilities of like, Oh, I don't have this staff training session done yet. Um, you know, also, I, I think there's this tendency that I certainly have of when I do delegate to somebody else to lead an activity um, or lead a session, that that's when I'm like, oh, my God, I can go to the office and get some work done. And then I miss out on that session with the staff and I don't get to see it or and that's OK. Like I don't have to be at every single thing, but I should be at most things. And if I'm not there, there needs to be another year round person who's there who can observe, you know, what are the staff being told? What you know, how did that leadership team member do or that return staff do in presenting that information? Um, and because that's really valuable for them to then hear from of a year-round staff member, like, man, you really presented this well, and I really liked those points, or, hmm, let's talk about how this could have gone better. Um, so, you know, it's twofold. It's making sure that I'm prepared going into training. Um, with the very least, I now I've gotten to a point where I, I put together curriculums, and if you were at our session during uh, at National, you got to see what some of those curriculums look like. And in the very least, it has, you know, this is the objective, and these are the materials, and this is how I envision it going. So if I get into a situation where it's like, man, I just don't have time to deal with this, I can at least hand it to somebody and say, all right, here's the vision, like, make it better, make it yours, but make it happen. Um, And it's nice because it has a materials list. So I can hand it to somebody and say, look, I'm going to throw this session together, but I need you to go gather up these things. And so at least if that piece is done ahead of time, I'm not spending an hour of my time during training, which is very valuable time trying to like go find all the checker pieces that we have at Mm -hmm. camp, you know, like that is something I can delegate to somebody else. Um, But also really being mindful of the fact that your presence at training sessions is important. There are certainly important times for you to potentially not be present as well to allow some of that more organic conversation to occur. Um, But don't just view it as, okay, somebody else is talking. Now's my time to go catch up on email 
Um, you need to carve out that time otherwise and realize that there is going to be your kind of normal day-to-day work that needs to get done uh, in that time. But don't expect to get any of it done during staff training. And <laughs> and truthfully, um, one of my directors at Widgie used to put up her vacation response during staff training and basically said, yes. hey, I'm training my staff to be fantastic this summer. I may be slow to respond back to you. Uh, please accept my apologies for that and reach out to this person if you need help immediately. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally great. And I think we do, we we dishonor them by not being totally present during staff training. Um, yeah. You know, we're there to build that community with them. We're there to be there for them and support them um, and to show them that what they are doing is important and what they have to say when they're leading sessions or talking in group discussions is worthy. And if yeah. we're too busy uh, because we didn't, you know, make it a priority and get organized before staff training, I think that says a lot and it says the wrong message. Um, and it is something that um, I, as Ruby started off this whole piece with that we've all done, um, but it was something that in 15 years, that was the one thing I did learn to get much better at, but I had to work yeah. at it um, mm-hmm. because I just saw the value of it. So you're absolutely right, Ruby. Totally. And I think and uh, these two can, can uh, you know, out of experience, they've seen me not be able to do things until the last minute because um, I need the adrenaline to get things done. And it's pretty hilarious when we plan sessions together because R- Ruby and Beth are pretty pretty much ready, almost word for word. And I'm like, eh, and I'm going to talk about this sort of, I'm not quite sure, but it'll happen. And, it, and then it happens. I, I really do need that sort of adrenaline. Um, and, and, and just, be, just before um, this podcast, I, I yawned a lot and Beth was like, are you sleeping? <laughs> what is wrong with you? And the, the, I'm trying to set up, um, right now I'm trying to create that fire that I need, usually that I experience more in mid-May, mm-hmm. um, just by setting a deadline with people that I'm going to be meeting next week with my sessions already and, and outlined. Nice. And it is, and it's my entire leadership team and we're going to, and they're all eager and they have no idea that I'm not ready right now, but it's kind of what I need so that I can get it done. I'm trying to do the camp stuff and my staff training stuff right now, but um, I don't want, I want to be present as you said, Beth, it's, it's an important part of, of, um, it's an important part of staff training and it's a, it's a lovely way to connect with your staff and, yes. and, uh, it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it should be joyful. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm aiming for. So if you're like me and you do need that pressure, try to create a deadline with people around you that, um, you know, like make it as formal as possible and, and, uh, so that, so that you can get it done and, and be ready. Great. And, and just to add one other little thing to that, I think it's, it's a little bit about just having the awareness that you need to be present mm-hmm. and realizing like you're not going to do it perfectly, but just the fact that you realize it needs to be a priority, you're probably going to be better at it than you were before. Yes. Uh, because I know my default is, oh my gosh, I have 10 minutes. Let me go check my email. Let me go answer that you know phone call, that I, the message that I got, whatever. Uh, but instead understanding, no, my priority this week is to be with the staff and that is more important right now. I'm still going to have to answer that email and I may still take that 10 minutes to go do it, but I'm probably going to make better choices more often. And one of the things, yeah. one of the things that I did to help with that was uh, I got up an hour earlier than everybody else 
at leadership training. And I did have my vacation responder so people knew that they wouldn't uh, hear from me immediately. And I did answer a lot of those kind of emails before everybody else got up. And then I found I was a bit more awake <laughs> by the time the day started. Uh, maybe not so much at the end of the day, but um, I always enjoyed being the first one up and, and uh, listening to the sounds of camp getting up anyway, but um, carving, out, carving out some time during the day to get that stuff done during training. Yeah. Um, one of early on in my career as a camp director um, and as Travis and I were building new program areas, a very senior and valued staff member was hired by us to create a brand new program. And she was an older, more mature staff member um, about Travis's age. And we really valued her. And she had emailed us right before staff orientation in May, which is just the weekend that we brought everybody up to kind of do the community building piece. And um, she asked if she could sit down with us over that weekend and go over some of her plans and her ideas for this new program area. And we told her that would be great. And we were really excited to hear um, her ideas. Well, of course, um, that weekend was crazy busy and we had tons of sessions to run and details to take care of and a staff of 65 people to watch and get to know and get on board with our mission. So we just never found the time to sit down with her. And then we got an email that evening, that Sunday evening, letting us know how disappointed she was that we could not find that time for her that we had promised her. And we felt awful. We felt really terrible that we had let her down especially after spending a weekend telling people how much we valued them and trying to show them what important people they were to us. So we drove down from camp later that week. Um, We took her out for dinner and we listened to everything that she had to share. And our big mistake, of course, was agreeing to meet with her that weekend. There was no way that there was time for that. And we should have known that and set that expectation properly. We should have said, Yes, what you have to tell us is really important to us and you deserve our full attention. This weekend at staff orientation isn't about individual attention. It's about caring for and building the team. So let's set aside a time later on when we can come and hear all that you were really excited to tell us and we're so excited to hear from you. So with that mistake, I think we got much better at managing time and expectations as we directed um, a lot longer Um, but it is a mistake I definitely learned from because I felt terrible for disappointing that staff member so we got better at even telling board members I know this is something that you're asking for I can't do that this week but I can do that by next week Um, so just setting those expectations out and letting people know that it is important but here's um, when I can get that done for you sure and I think that that's that's a good rule of thumb especially when you're if you have um new people in your life or friends or, you know, whatever, just to let them know that, you know, usually I do call you back right right away, or usually I do text you back right away, but there's a no cell phone policy at my camp or I, you know, peeing is a, is a luxury when you go to camp. (laughs) And sometimes I don't have, that's where I answer all of my emails. And so I think setting up, as as you say, uh, Beth, you, you front load with so many people. It's also important to front load with people back home that you yeah. maybe get, you know, go out for coffee with once a week saying, like, I will not. I'll be, especially during staff training, that's, yes. the, that's the hardest time. That's Absolutely. that's where you have to be really locked in. So Absolutely. setting up those expectations <laughs> for yourself and for others. Yes. Gab, have you got one last mistake you want to share with us? Yeah, I, I do. So... Um, Again, this does fall under, I think, what, uh, you know, we all know, but um, sometimes fall back on. I 
I used to really, really work hard at trying to know everything so that, um, yes, yes, me know everything, uh, so that my staff, I, so that my staff uh, felt safe. Um, I wanted them to, to feel like I was, a, I was a good leader. I knew what I was doing. Um, you know, I had their back and so I knew how to do it all. And I, I, I knew all the answers. Now I, I wasn't also, I was very good at delegating, um, that I actually was pretty good at, but knowledge wise, I, a lot of the times I, I BS'd my way through some stuff, <laughs> um, <laughs> to say the very least. So, so, um, that ca- that actually caused distress because, uh, people can sense that. And also of course, mistakes happen. Um, so it, it's been a long journey, but I, I'm so much more inclined to be, to say, I'm not quite sure. How would you do that? What do you mean? Um, I don't know, let me ask. And, um, and it, it's actually built trust uh, more than anything. Um, and I, I'm just very honest that every year changes. Uh, this is in my experience, this is how it's worked in, in the past for me, but what are your thoughts? And so pretending to know everything doesn't, doesn't create that. I was hoping it would create like a, a strength between my, me and my staff, but it actually, it actually created distress. And once I started admitting, I, I didn't know, um, that's when, that's when, uh, there was a real trust art to be to be built. And of course, that sets the, the example for them too, uh, with their campers, that it's okay to say, I don't know, um, but let's find that answer out together. Yeah. And it's so, when you say it out loud, you're like, of course, that's logical. <laughs> of course you should do that. But when you're, when you're there and people are all looking at you, there's an element of, I need, I need to show that I, that I'm right, the, I'm the right person for this job. And so it's, it's, a, it's a scary place mm-hmm. to be. Um, but, but it, it really, the, the repair that it takes when you, you try to be the person that knows everything, it's, a, it's such a long road of repair. So just to say, you know, I'm not quite sure, uh, but this is how I would go about it or something like that. Or really being like, I have no idea. That's an amazing question. <laughs> we should figure that out for sure. <laughs> and there should probably be a policy procedures document written about it. Uh, let me see if uh, Travis wrote anything on Camp Hacker. <laughs> Pretty much what I would do. <laughs> and then write a note to that staff member saying you're very smart. Thank you for asking those questions. Do you have any more? Uh, people will respect you for that. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you. Ruby, how about you? One last one? Yeah. So um, this one is one I've been on both sides of. I've been the planner, but also the participant. Uh, The concept of programming every minute during staff training. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's so much that we have to get in uh, and your staff will shut down. Um, it's, it's a fine line though, too, because I've also been on the flip side where my first camp staff training I ever went through there was a lot of downtime. Like there was a lot of we're all going to regather here at this point and then like some groups would get back on time and some wouldn't. And so we would be all sitting there kind of twiddling our thumbs waiting. And and I remember feeling like about half that staff training was like sitting in this room just waiting for everybody to, to get together. So um, I think setting really realistic time limits and taking – I take really copious notes each year on the spreadsheet that I generate for staff training to say like, man, this session took an hour and 15. We needed more time. This one did not take that long. Um, there was one year that every year I scheduled the, the, uh, our lunch meal. Cause it's only like, you know, 60, 70 people that are in my staff training. I scheduled our lunch for 30 minutes 
And that killed me every single day because it always <laughs> took us longer than 30 minutes to have lunch. And so it's just wishful thinking. Um, so be realistic with your timing, but also you have to create some downtime. And uh, it can still be somewhat structured uh, in that maybe there's some sort of objective that they're trying to achieve. Um, maybe you've told them, like, this is free time to reorganize. This is the time that you go shower. This is the time that you go pee, whatever <laughs> it might be. Um, but just be really mindful of if you cram every second of every day of training full of information, uh, it, your staff is going to burn out and be so tired and just shut down. Um, so just walk that line very carefully. And they don't have any time to process what they've learned either. Um, yeah. So I think that that's key too. And one of the things I was guilty of probably right up until my last year um, was not scheduling enough time for certain sessions. And it was my kitchen staff that wanted to kill me because um, we were never ready for lunch and never ready for dinner and always rushing at the last minute. And um, I think that was really disrespectful to them too. Um, that I wasn't on time and they wanted the meal to be ready and hot when it was supposed to be hot and, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, and we were rushing at the last minute because uh, a lot of our indoor space uh, for sessions happened in the dining hall. So um, yeah, just kind of think that through too. And it's such a, it's such a, um, it's such a, um, it's such a domino effect, isn't it? Yes. You don't want to mess with your kitchen staff. <laughs> you don't want them to be dissatisfed during staff training you know, before the kids arrive, these fires are just, they just take so much, um, to put out and, um, putting out a fire, once the fire's out, then you need to remove the logs. You need to clean up the area, (laughs) replant the seeds, like, you know, get, let the grass grow. You are so metaphorical today, Gab. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's a a pain in the butt and we've all been through it. Yeah. It's not to be harsh on ourselves. It's just, you know, if you can sort of slow down, plan ahead, not make really big rash decisions, um, you'll prevent a lot of annoying stuff that you have to tidy up down down the road. Absolutely. Um, And meals are a great time to build in that downtime too uh, that I was talking about. Like that's schedule an hour for lunch and dinner every day. And and then it's okay if you end up sitting there talking uh, or if people have time to run back to the cabin or if you're like, wow, it looks like everybody's done. We can get started a little bit early, you know? Yeah. Um, so so don't look at those as opportunities to like squeeze in more stuff or, oh, we can watch a video during this time because I've definitely done that. Uh, nope, use that as community <laughs> building and downtime. Yeah. Uh, Ruby, you're so, you have such high achievement <laughs> tendencies. <laughs> like we can squeeze in this one little lesson <laughs> in this one little spot. Yeah. Um, but I do like what you said, Ruby, about also telling your staff what they can do with that time, um, making suggestions because sometimes a free time is just, it's a little bit, it's scary. You know, what do I do during this time? But if you let them know this is your time to X, Y, and Z that gives, you know, or just relax, but at least that they know what is expected of them during that time. Especially first year staff. Yeah, especially. Uh, For sure. And for us, um, it was important that every meal during the summer was community building. They sat with their cabin groups for the vast majority of meals. So uh, 
we were learning by example at leadership training. So that's what happened at mealtimes at leadership training. They were for community building and table games when your tables were cleared and singing and all that kind of stuff when the meal was over. Uh, but it was really time for conversation. So as a director, one of my big things would be, please make sure you are prepared to sit at a meal um, and not have to run out to answer emails, answer phone calls, prep a session, do all that kind of stuff. Um, but that you can also show to them that they're important enough to have your time for conversation during meals as well. Um, one year I had a particularly young counseling staff and um, mm. during training, they were full of energy and enthusiasm, but not so much wisdom yet. And there were more than a few times that someone did or said something inappropriate in a group setting that I overheard. So I either had to say something at the time or go and speak to that person later about, I don't know, relatively harmless sexual innuendos, if there is such a thing, or references to <laughs> drinking from underage staff members. Mm. Um, and we had to talk about how that wasn't a part of camp life, even when campers weren't there. And one day as they were lined up singing outside the dining hall prior to dinner, I heard the song, My Dog Jelly. And I think everybody, most camps know that song. Um, so the chorus has that repetitive phrase that goes with bean, like jelly bean, garbanzo bean, lima bean, Mr. Bean, human bean, whatever. Um, and I heard one version that I didn't understand because I was having a quick conversation with uh, a staff member and it sounded like my dog, Bam. And then there was this whole lot of giggling. And I was talking to a staff member about her session that was coming up after dinner. So I really wasn't paying full attention. And after the meal, a more senior staff member, whom I love and adore, uh, came up to me and explained that they hadn't said BAM. He thought it was important that I knew what they said. And they had said BAMF, um, which stands for badass mother. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> I was floored. Like I was yeah. floored. Not only that anyone had suggested this at our Christian camp or any other camp for that matter, but also that no staff member had done anything about it. And keep in mind, the entire staff was standing lined up for a meal singing together. Nobody stopped them or said anything after the song. And I don't know if it's because I was standing there and didn't do anything that they chose not to do anything, but I honestly didn't hear it. Um, and truthfully at that point didn't, wouldn't have known what Banff meant anyway. So I'm grateful to the staff member who educated me. Um, so as the staff gathered for their session post meal, they were all seated on the grass. I stood up, <laughs> so stood up over top of them and I, I laid into them and I was really angry and I was really hurt. I took it very personally that they would think that this was okay or funny or would even try to sing it. And I felt I needed to nip it in the bud. And I expressed my huge disgust and my deep disappointment in what had happened during the song. And I told them that I could not believe I had hired people who would think that this was appropriate at any time. It wasn't a discussion. <laughs> it wasn't a teachable moment. And it was not my finest hour. And although I had every right to be upset, I could have handled it so much better. And instead of having a discussion about why it was um, so incredibly not a part of who we were, instead of asking what had happened there and allowing them to tell me how it was wrong um, and allowing younger staff to perhaps hear from older staff members how uncool it was, I simply caused some staff to fear me. Um, so don't get me wrong, uh, a little bit of fear is always a good thing, just a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, I caused some of them to be upset with me for being angry and calling them out on it. 
um, and I totally missed a moment. So I missed using it as a teachable opportunity to strengthen us as a community, um, but instead I just chose to lay down the law. So for me, it's always better to sit down with them, have that discussion, use your senior people to help you set that example, um, than simply to say this is how it should be, end of discussion. So not my finest hour, but um, I did learn from that. And we've all been there. Um, that's yep. that type of experience. Uh, and I, and I think that it's important for, for directors to understand where it comes from. And basically it's, it's simply because it comes from a place where uh, we think all year about camp and we know what we, what, how our staff need to act and what they need to believe in so that the big picture um, is played out the way uh, the big picture is meant to play out. And when staff members act in a, in, a, in a way that's contradictory to that, even though they're not trying to tear down that mm -hmm. vision, that is essentially what they're doing. And you can see how that impact has on new staff. It teaches new staff that this is okay. Um, and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's difficult because, um, because you know intentionally they're not trying to harm camp, but they're not thinking of, of how every action um, has a consequence. And this is actually a negative consequence. So... The, the frustration and the anger is totally justified. Um, it's how we deal with it is, yep. is, uh, is, a, is the other way. But, I, you know, I've certainly lost my, my cool uh, a couple of times. And um, so, yeah, the, but it, it's difficult. It's frustrating when you're working so hard towards something and, mm -hmm. uh, and certain people just don't get it at, yet. They'll get yeah, it. Absolutely. And they did get <laughs> it. Get I mean, they, they were a very fine counseling staff um, and sure. senior staff by the end of that summer. Um, but I just, as soon as it was over, actually, I think in the middle of it, I knew it was a bad idea, uh, and kept going anyway. And I wasn't yelling cause I, when I get really mad, I'm not a yeller. My voice goes very, very quiet. That's what my kids know. They're in really big trouble when my voice goes really low. Um, but I just missed an opportunity for a great teachable moment. And, um, so that I hope that you can avoid those sorts of things and take a breath uh, before you get mad and, uh, you know, see if there's a better way to come up with it so that they all can teach each other uh, what if I had just simply said, so tell me about this song that happened before dinner and and why do you think I'm asking you? I, I think mm -hmm. I would have uh, had a better response from them. Oh, my goodness. I'd be shaking in my boots, Beth, if you said that. And I, <laughs> but it's a great way of doing it. But I'm like, guys. Well, and I did that many I times. I to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that was how I learned to approach things um, was to do it that way. And, you know, because then and often you've got the really cool senior staff who are way cooler than me, who are um, saying, wow, that was totally uncool, guys. Why did we? Why did we do that? Um, mm -hmm. And talk about why we did that. So you're back to talking about what's important and what your mission is and all that kind of stuff and how that kind of language and things like that don't fit in. And of course, I knew they knew when I thought about it and learned what they'd actually said, that they knew they were doing something wrong because there was this giggling that happened, um, you know, as it was uh, being sung. So uh, they knew it was wrong and did it anyway. So there was, there was a whole life lesson in there that I missed too because I just shut it down. Anyway, um, there we go. Mistakes that we have made that we hope that we can uh, help you avoid making yourselves. Uh, and Gab's just going to recap some of those for us. Sure. So instead of going about 
uh, about it in, in the don't do. I have it as let's do. Uh, so, so, so <clears throat> let's in a new job, uh, make only a couple of changes. Let's ask for help. It actually builds trust with your staff. Uh, vacation emails are great during staff training. Let's plan. Do as much as you can before staff training. Be present. Let's fire staff. <laughs> pause waiting yes let's fire staff um <laughs> siblings are smart uh, <laughs> let's be mindful of free time and let's take a breath before um before reacting to any situation excellent thanks gab no how problem. can you get involved in all of this well you can join us using that hashtag camp code uh, you can let us know what topics you'd like us to discuss, the guests you recommend that we talk to, any great leadership training tips that you have to share. We'd love to hear it all. We are all about sharing in this industry, as we all know. So if you found this podcast to be useful, please leave us a rating and a review uh, in iTunes. And you can do that by going directly to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes. And, or you can tweet the love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash love. And we've been hearing some love from some of you. So we really thank you for your positive feedback and affirmations. And we're mm -hmm. really glad to know that we can help you. So thank you for those. And your feedback just helps us keep the show going. And here's how you can contact us individually if you'd like to contact uh, just one of us or two or all three, but individually. So Gab, how do we get a hold of you? You can follow me on Twitter at GabrielleRail.com. Uh, no, just GabrielleRail, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just threw in a dot com for whatever reason, as well as on Instagram, GabrielleRail. Or you can check out where I work at Waro.com. Perfect. Thanks. Ruby. You can email me, Ruby, R-U-B-Y, at GreenRiverPreserve.org. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at RubyLynn85, and I'm on Instagram at RubyOutdoors. Thank you. Uh, you can find me uh, on our website at camphacker.tv or gocamp.pro. You can email direct, me directly at beth at camphacker.tv. And uh, we use the hashtag camphacker or you can find me at Topaz, which was my camp name. Ruby, we have one more podcast for our third season. What were we, what will we be talking about? Yeah, so we're going to talk about the last minute checklist for training and all those things that uh, we think are smart ideas to, to make sure you've done going into staff training uh, or that you've made sure are taken care of. You don't necessarily have to do them all. So uh, we'll create that for you and talk about it on our next episode. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, it makes me a little bit sad. Uh, last one of the season. So our final segment on each podcast is the best practice uh, for leadership training. And of course, we'd love to hear some of your memorable moments or most effective tips. So please send them our way. And again, you can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. And this week's best practice will be heard from Ruby. So this one actually speaks back to the last point that I made about free time. And uh, the challenge I want to set out there for you is to try to have rest hour every day during staff training. If you can't do it every day, then all right, this is what I typically do is I'll go a day or two into training without it. But then every day after I've offered it, you have to keep offering it <laughs> because once people experience rest hour, they never want to let go of it ever. Mm -hmm. um, and if I absolutely can't schedule rest hour every day, uh, even if it's rest half hour, 
I, I try to make sure that there's at least some free time. If your camp offers some sort of free time for your campers where they, you know, can be within a certain area, a little more unstructured, really choose activities, we have about an hour of that every night before dinner. Um, I try to make sure that we at least have free time every day uh, where staff can go swimming, they can go off the zip line, they can do a jam session, they can read a book on the hill, they can hang out in their cabin. The kids can't do this, but they can hang out in their cabin or go to the staff lounge and catch up on emails. Um, they can visit the camp store. Uh, but again, just that time to decompress a little bit, talk with folks, build relationships, reflect, do what they need to do to be people. Um, and I think ideally that happens, um, again, via a rest hour and encouraging our staff to sleep and rest and reflect. Um, but if you need to still have it be an educational moment, then at least give them some activities that they're going to be leading or, or they're going to see a camp program running. This is what's going to be happening with the kids. Don't you love having free time? Isn't it nice to have that kind of chill time where everybody's not standing over you telling you what to do? Well, that's what we need to create for the kids too. Uh, so try to have rest hour every day. If you can't do that, try to have rest hour or free time every day. Can't do that. Rest half hour totally counts. <laughs> great. Thanks, Ruby. And thank you both for another great episode. Uh, don't forget to join us on Twitter using hashtag camp code. And thanks for listening, friends. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, Please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, Summer Camp Leadership Training and Marketing Consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Mm-hmm.